Well, thank you uh, for the prayer, Brother Anthony, and speaking uh, or singing through that song, The Love of God. It just, uh, I know that's about God's love, but I know for myself, as we've been together the last several days, there's definitely a love that's growing from my heart to each of yours. And it's just the way it always is when you spend time together, you grow closer together, and that love that you sang about in that hymn is something that we begin to feel even among ourselves. So this is the final uh, session or installment of the Father series uh, that was given to us as our assignment, and we're familiar, I think, by now, uh, kind of where we've been. Um, We started out with begotten, we went to provides, directs, disciples, and now this morning, legacy. And um, the tagline that was given along with this is something valuable to pass on. Something valuable to pass on. And I think uh, I'll just say it right here before I forget it. Just to reiterate what Brother Pete said, we are at the end and perhaps it feels like coast or landing, but really, uh, as far as my series, this is truly the launch. Because it's from here now that we're going to take what we have been entrusted with, and not just my teaching, but the teaching from Brother Raymond and Brother Vince and the devotions of each of the brethren, we have been given much value to pass on. So today, uh, is, this is just a launching. I want to reiterate that. So as we've been doing, let's do our typical pattern here of the recap. Maybe we'll start over here with Philip and come this way. Just start at the top, please. It takes the Father to beget. Father becomes more personal in the New Testament because he is a tongue. Begat us naturally, but because of sin, it must be begotten again in our spirit. The Father begets us through faith, which comes from His Word, which explains the report. The report teaches that the Messiah suffered, was a substitute, and justifies the sinner. So again, these are some of the valuable things that you have been entrusted with this week that we want to pass on as legacy. Keep going, please. The Father is the source of every bestowment, both good gifts and perfect gifts, natural and spiritual. There is a connection between the surrender, lifting the knife, and God's provision. Jehovah sees and moves to provide for our needs. Jehovah Jireh. Our greatest need is salvation, which comes to us through Jesus, which was foreshadowed in Genesis, and flows to us from His divine power, giving us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. All things are the Holy Spirit, the Word, the water of life, and spiritual rest. Again, valuable things to pass on. How the Father directs us through His Word and His Holy Spirit. Father directs us both in the short term and the long term. The small details and Where? Into the character and likeness of His Son, Jesus Christ. Again, very valuable teaching for us. Keep going, please. Some requirements for discipling are, you must be born again, faith over family, sacrifice over self-centeredness. Some methods of discipling are modeling, encouraging, and discipline. Some results of discipling are fruit-bearing, increased fruit-bearing, impacting others. Thank you. So those are the recap points that we've come to 
now to this uh, final message, legacy, something valuable to pass on. And again, we're just suggesting, not because we're teaching those, but because they're from the Word of God, that they are very valuable and things that we would like to be able to pass on. So let's just get a definition. I, th- I assume we understand what legacy means, but if you just look in your dictionary, it has to do, generally speaking, with financial or things uh, relating to money. The first definition you'll often find is an amount of money or property left to someone in a will. And uh, that's, that's what a legacy is as far as when you look up it in the dictionary. The second definition, which, which broadens that out, is that which is left by a legate. Well, a legate is just someone like you and me that has been entrusted or been giving things that we can actually dispense or that we can leave and pass on. So when we think about that which is left or passed on by a legate, we can expand this legacy, which I am sure is the intent of the committee of this, of this Bible school, that we're not going to spend a lot of time on finances, but rather the spiritual things that you and I have been given. And as legates then, or recipients, we can then pass it on ourselves. We will touch on finances, but primarily we're headed for spiritual things. So... As I think about this legacy, uh, valuable, and again, we've already recapped this. If I could say, what are we really saying today? We're actually saying that the things we've learned, that the Father begets us, provides for us, directs us, and disciples us, is what we really are wanting to say in this message, is what we want to pass on. I think we probably are being redundant by, by now, but that's what we're trying to suggest. And also, I want to make this distinction. This is sort of a hinge point in my teaching, whereas all of the messages up till now have been about the Father doing these things, begetting, providing, directing, discipling. But at this moment and at this message, we want to hinge now into these are things that you and I need to do as we go forward. We, we can't beget people uh, spiritually. We talked about that. It's only by God's will and by His Word. But we can bring people into environments where they can find the gospel. We, we can provide for people in our own way, and we can certainly direct, and we can certainly disciple. And so as I think about this message, that's the second thing I want to just emphasize is we're moving now from what the Father has been, show, has been doing, as we've been thinking about that, to what we need to now be doing in the same way. So what I'm really saying there is that we are going to suggest that how we do this or how we pass this on is we just follow the Father's lead. We're just going to be imitators. That's what the word followers means here uh, in Ephesians. Be ye imitators of God. And it goes on to say, as dear children. I don't have that part up there. But the point is, is today, as we have a legacy to pass on, we want to just follow the Father's lead. Now, I don't know if anybody in the, in the room knows these two people. I doubt it. Russell, do you know? Who that is, and or Joe? He, he probably could figure this out. This is Elmer Garber. He grew up in Brookville, Ohio, and he married Fanny Levy, who was from Greenville, Ohio. Her family had a, a farm and had opportunities, so they moved to Greenville in the area of what we call the Oak Grove district of our churches and uh, raised a family. Does anyone know who this is? You might be able to tell a little bit just by looks, but this is Everett and Hazel. Everett Fulmer, he was not raised in our fellowship, 
but he married Hazel Kaler, and she was, and so he became one of our members. He eventually became a minister. He's the one that likes old-fashioned Wendy's hamburgers, by the way, and he's the one that really taught me how to pray about the little things, Everett and Hazel. Well, here we're getting a little closer to what some of us might know, but those two couples produced these two people, which are my parents, Lloyd and Opal Fulmer. Why am I putting these pictures up here? But I'm, I'm just putting this up here that these people have a lot to do with why I am who I am and how I think and the opportunities that I've been given is because these six people passed on a legacy. Valuable things that have been helpful to me. Now, albeit, we all have flaws, we all have issues, and so I'm certain that they probably passed on some things to me that hasn't been all that productive. But, but one thing I'll just say right here while we're on this photograph, or these photographs, is when you're thinking about your, your decisions and choices, I would encourage you to consider the subsequent generations. I know the things you decide and choices you make affect you the most, but think about who's coming down line, maybe one, two, three, even ten generations. Whoops. So that, th those people brought us to, this is our family, including our Shetland Sheepdog Ace, who feels like family. And this is our children, plus Janet Jacobs, which is marrying Austin in the next spring. But, and then, I'm not saying that the Lord will tarry or there will be enough time, but people ask me, or my children saw this on the screen, they say, what's this? Well, this is just a generic picture of a lot of people. And so it has no significance of any sort, except to say that if time lasts, and it could be that Austin and Janet will have children, maybe some of my other children will get married, I don't know, but this is where I'm headed as a family, or potentially so. And so what I'm saying is, what legacy am I leaving or will I leave? Think about the legacy that you're leaving or will leave. Now, I click to this slide because right away somebody says, well, what if I don't get married? I mean, is legacy all about children and financial passing on from one will to another will? Well, this is just photographs of people's ideas of this is the crying, the weeping prophet Jeremiah, someone's idea. And this is someone's idea of what the Apostle Paul could have or might have looked like, whether it's true or not. But these were men that if you look at the chart on the right, that were authors, actually we'll say scribes or writers, this Holy Spirit was the author of the Scripture, the canon of Scripture that we open in our Bibles. Moses obviously takes the biggest position as far as body of words on pages. Uh, then it's Ezra, then it's Luke, and then it's Jeremiah and Paul. But what's, in, what's significant about these two men is neither one of these men were married. My point is, is the legacy that you can leave, whether you're married or not, can be extremely significant. So I want to make that clear, that we're not talking about legacy this, this morning as it relates to marriage or children or just biological uh, reproduction, but rather spiritual reproduction in the way in which a legacy can be left. So we, we're going to just kind of compare two, two areas here as we move through our, our last and final talk about legacy. And this is what I said. We're going to spend just a brief amount of time talking about three principles of a financial legacy. And then we want to compare those to three pr principles 
of a spiritual legacy. So let's start with, with the financial side. And uh, I'll just give some credit to Dave Ramsey. Many of you have heard him. He's the, the financial guru in the United States that people call, and he gives them advice about what to do with their finances. He is a Christian. But he gave these, uh, whoops, I pushed the wrong button. He gives us three principles from the Scripture, and I'm just kind of using some of his lead here. But the first principle in a financial legacy or what you could leave for your your posterity something to pass on is to provide for your own household so whose turn is it to read are we back here to Jan no not janelle next just read this part right here it's kind of hard to see this just simply means an unbeliever. So the Apostle Paul writes to Timothy there, and he tells him that it's important that we would provide for our own, and especially for those of our own house. And if we don't do that, we're worse than a believer. Second principle, leave an inheritance for your children's children. Um, someone go ahead and read that italics phrase. Now, we know that the writer of the Proverbs is probably thinking monetarily. Perhaps he's thinking broader than that. But I'm using the dollar sign here because we're in the financial section. But the inheritance that we leave has a lot more to do than just money. There's no doubt about that. We'll get, we'll get into that a little further. Third principle about leaving a financial legacy is be a cheerful giver. Go ahead. For God loveth a cheerful giver. So that, thank you, that comes out of, is it 1 Corinthians or 2 Corinthians? 2 Corinthians 9, verse 7. Notice the picture here. It's significant that this young cartoon boy here is receiving, but he's also letting it flow right on through. He, he receives, freely he has received, freely he is giving. Be a cheerful giver. So let's switch over to what we really are interested in today, and that's taking those three principles and applying them into a spiritual application. So back to this first principle, provide for your own. Uh, again, I'm going to read it. If any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. I'd like to suggest that we need to understand what own or your own house really means. And this is why I want this to expand this to any and all of us, whether we're married or unmarried, or have a house, or a household, or not. But the word own is those, it simply means those that are close to oneself, intimate or private. So there's not a one of us here that can't think of some people that are close to us. Own house would mean a relative or an adherent. We all have relatives you know we have nephews and nieces and we have uncles and aunts and but whatever was in the realm of our influence Paul is telling us to provide for it provide spiritually for it and what does it mean to provide spiritually for it to bestow spiritual qualities upon and so certainly this week Hopefully you're gleaning some spiritual qualities from, from the Word of God that will be able, you will be able to, as a legacy, pass on. 
Now, this is a photograph I just about deleted this morning, but I just put it in here because it impressed me. It was in the news a while back, and this is in Hawaii. You remember a while ago there was some volcanoes erupting, and it just impressed me as I saw this picture in the news that how this just kind of illustrates, I think, our culture. And uh, it's probably, obviously, it's safe to play golf right there. But this just made me think of how we tend to focus on what we're doing right in front of us, right here, right now. And we think of ourselves as just, I'm not talking about the church, but our culture. There may be storm clouds brewing in the future, but we could care less. All we care about in our culture today is to eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. We are so short-sighted, no legacy, and certainly this man, I, I have no idea who this person is, but he's probably providing a, spirit, a, a, a financial inheritance for his children if he has them. But is he providing something spiritual? I don't know. But I'm just saying, put that picture in there just to think about the way our culture is focused on the here and now and whether or not they are really all that interested in spiritual things. Maybe that's too judgmental, but just a photograph that impressed me. So let's get back to, to my little outline here. But how then should we provide spiritually for those of our own and those that are close to us or those that are our relatives. And we've already said this, but we just want to reiterate the way we're going to do it and the way we're going to recommend to do it is to follow the Father's lead, which we've been learning about all week long. So I'm going to go back and you think about, these are just more recaps of kind of the same thing, but when we were talking about begotten, we talked about this illustration, but I want to, someone who's ever turned, go ahead and read this, this scripture. But though ye have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet have ye not many fathers? For in Christ Jesus I have begotten you through the gospel. I think Paul's talking to the church at Corinth because there were intelligent people there. They were geared towards teaching. They were geared towards uh, being instructors. But he says, you don't have very many fathers. And I think what perhaps he's saying is that you don't have very many people that are interested in bringing people into the knowledge of the gospel. You like to stand up maybe and give lots of instructions and lots of teaching and lots of lectures, but there's no fathers there. So what I'm suggesting to us is if, as we impact or pass on a legacy to those that are close, I would recommend that we help people understand this process right here. We're not the ones that beget people. That's the father's job. But we can help them understand the report and how when the report comes into our spirit, it changes our heart. And when our heart changes, we can be born again and then we can have a confession of faith and we can bring people into the gospel. We can do it maybe in groups like we did yesterday. It may be something that we do collectively. But the point is, is if as we pass on and as we give a legacy to those about us, let's bring people within the truth of the gospel that they might be born again, that they might recognize that they have a position in heaven through their faith in the gospel. Here's another way, and we're just going back to this section now on provide. Someone go ahead and read this one. As we were made, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. So I would just think that here's a place where as we pass on that we would model this, that God's Word is delicious. And I think probably that's done, like for me and my family, we've done that, we've tried to do that through evening reading and devotions, and 
I think if you'd ask my children uh, of all the flaws and, and they know my, my proclivities, my problems, they would, I think they would all agree that their dad does love the Word of God. I hope they think that, and I think they would say that. But the point is, is that this is the way in which we pass on a legacy. We're follow, following the Father's lead, and that is that we would simply help people to love the Word of God, and that it's a delicious experience. Okay, let's keep going. The next reading, please. He also did So remember, the Father directs us into His character and in His image, that's what we want to be trying to teach people is that, you know, the, the goal, the thing about so many people is they think that if you get in the church, you escape hell and you get uh, hell ins or life insurance that you're going to heaven. And that's the greatest goal. I just make it to heaven. And I'm telling you that the greatest goal is not just to make it to heaven. The greatest goal for the Christian is to become like Jesus Christ. That's the thing we need to be passing on as a legacy. Now here is what, Leanne didn't think I should put this in here, but maybe this is what Pete was saying, why China knows where I'm at, this face app. But I hope I don't look that bad, but probably I'll look worse. But this picture on the left is current. I hope you knew that. And this is maybe adding 25 or 30 years. And I'm not saying that just by getting gray and wrinkly that we become more like Jesus Christ, but my hope and my goal and my desire is, is that I will be more like Christ as I age, and hopefully that's a legacy that I can pass on. Keep going through these. Somebody else read, please, where we're at here. Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. So as we disciple, what we're trying to help people do is to follow Jesus. Remember, Paul didn't say, be ye followers of me. But he added after that, even as I also am of Christ. So obviously, this is what we're telling people to follow, but we need to do this right here in whatever way we can as a way to pass on a legacy. One thing I like about this picture is this is very doable, but it looks kind of like you better pay attention. I wouldn't want to get on to the too far to the edge, but I like that illustration that it is a narrow way. It's, it's challenging, but we want to keep people focused, following, because there is a goal that we want them to, to reach the likeness of Jesus Christ. And yes, heaven will be a glorious experience as a secondary goal. So that's really what we're saying about how do we pass on a spiritual legacy. We identify who these people are, nephews, nieces, children, uncles, aunts, whoever's close to us or in our own, and we attempt to provide spiritually for them, and we do that by following the Father's lead, which we just went through several points. Okay, second financial point that we are converting over to the spiritual point is to leave an inheritance for your children's children. Now that means your grandchildren. Is my right about that? I mean your children's children. Yeah, that's who that is. At least two generations, the proverb uh, says, I would suggest look even beyond and try to think further than that. But here's what I want to say about this one. Identify the inheritance. 
If you want to know what an inheritance is, it is that which is inherited. And stay focused on it. What I'm trying to suggest here is that as, as children of God, I think we need to recognize that there's a future that's coming and that we are not at home. This is not our final place. We're pilgrims. We're strangers. And we have an eternal perspective. And I think that will, that will just spill over into those around us if they recognize, you know, I know that person. But it seems to me that their focus is not really around here except to get as many people as they can to get to that future reality. Whose turn is it to read? Let's read this one. One person here and one person here. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again into a life and by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and away, So, if I say you need to identify your inheritance, I'm going to admit we don't know a whole lot about our inheritance. But here's some things we know: it's incorruptible, it's undefiled, it doesn't fade away, and it's reserved in heaven for you. Did I go too fast? But that. Now, so what I'm just, just saying here is that we want to identify and stay focused on the inheritance because we're trying to be able to pass this on. And here's something Paul tells us in Corinthians that we, we kind of see through a glass darkly. We don't see everything clear, but then face to face we will. But right now we just kind of know in part. Someone read that uh, couple of verses from... Rev oh, I'm sorry, I'm not to it yet. For our light affliction, uh, affliction this is just more about trying to understand what our inheritance is, it's but for a moment, it worketh, but it worketh for us a far more exceeding weight of glory. So we understand from the scriptures that we have that it's going to be worth it. It's going to be tremendous. And every little affliction that we have can't really compare to what we will experience. Now the verse I thought I was on. Someone read, please. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God, midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river was there a tree of life, which bare all manner of fruits, and yielded fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the <clears throat> Thank you. So that's the Apostle John describing what he saw. I want to give you just a few artist renditions of some of those images that are in those sentences there. Is this what the river of life might look like, a river of life proceeding from the throne of God? I don't know. But I think it's going to be very, very exciting. What I'm saying is we don't know a whole lot, but I think it's important to focus on our inheritance because when we have that eternal perspective, it's going to bleed over into those around us, and they're going to get excited about it too. How about a tree of life? It said that it was on either side, and the, and the river runs through it. I always wonder if that could mean that we partake of eternal life here, and when we get over there, it's the same eternal life. We're, we're partaking of it now. I don't know if that's what that means, but just think about our inheritance and where we're going and how that we're, we're intertwined together in this tree, this eternal life that we start experiencing now. It's a place of worship. Maybe that picture is kind of drab in nature, but this is going to be a very exciting thing for us to be able to experience. Worship 
in that in that condition of complete glorification. I know that there won't be a sun there, there won't be a moon there, but I'm just using some some photos that give us to understand that this inheritance that we're headed for, it's a place of exquisite beauty. Identify the inheritance and stay focused on it. I like this picture. There's a lot of hurt and there's a lot of injustice going on today and down through human history, but there, everything's going to, I think Vince said, be made right. Malachi says everything will be made right. It's a place of relationship. We, we are tasting that here. We taste it in, in degrees of, of deep fellowship. And uh, this photograph, I'm sure, just pales in comparison. But it's a place of relationship. It's a, I, I would go as far as to say it's a place of productivity and rewards. And you, you could say, no, I, you don't agree with me. But just going from the t a lot of the parables that Jesus would teach, I would get the sense that there's probably going to be some work to do. Just like when Adam and Eve were placed in the garden to dress and to keep it, I think there's going to be plenty to do uh, even in this place we call heaven. Productivity and rewards. I could keep going. I'll be finished here in a moment with this, but I think this is another thing that's going to be a constant reality. This picture just simply shows that the cross through Jesus Christ was able to make us new creatures in Christ, give us that account in heaven based on our faith. Grace will be on display. So what we're saying in this second point is to leave an inheritance for your children's children. I think one of the ways we do that is we identify the inheritance and we stay focused on it. And, and let me reiterate again, the biggest figure, and perhaps those pictures take away from this, the biggest focal point of our inheritance is Jesus Christ. Being in His presence and being like Him, for we, we shall be like Him. Number three, the cheerful giver. Same illustration here, but what I want to say here is very similar. We've been using this verb identify with each of these sections. Identify who is your own house. Identify who, uh, or you identify your inheritance. And now I'm going to just say identify the source of everything we have. This goes right along with that point that all things are, come from the Father. He's the best, he gives all bestowment. Some, someone go ahead and read the italics. What hast thou that thou dost not receive? Now if thou didst receive it, why dost thou worry? As if thou hast not received it. So Paul just makes that logical statement that if if you uh, if you've received everything you have you have, why do you act like that you haven't received it? So it only makes sense then to to share make effort to share what God has given to us. This is part of this whole aspect of being willing to be a cheerful giver is the way in which we can leave a godly legacy. Go ahead and read the italics, please. He which soweth sparingly shall be also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall be also bountifully. So this seems to be saying, and we don't want to get off on these verses, uh, but, but there seems to be a proportionality to our cheerful giving. Sparingly equals sparingly, bountifully, leads to bountifully. So what I'm saying is that we want to do this not because it was assigned to our 
our series, but, but we are just simply, it's just like that outflow that what we keep talking about is when we get full of these truths, it's going to be natural for us to just simply leave a godly legacy. It just needs to spill out of our lives because why would we do it? I, I want to just offer this, and this may sound kind of elementary, but because of this. Now, I'm not trying to scare anybody or the children here, but what I'm saying is if you would contra contrast this with those earlier photos, this is not an option. This is not where we want our posterity or those around us to end up. Th this is not the inheritance or the place that we want our legacy to take our posterity. Just, these are just illustrations of what the lake of fire might feel or be like. I'm putting these up here just as a way to, to remind us that this is, this is in part why we are suggesting that we pass on a godly legacy because this is not an option. It is an option. I don't mean it that it isn't, but it's not an option that we want. So I'm going to just recap. I suppose you'll think that's my key word by the time this week's over. Recap, recap, recap. But I said these things. There are three principles of leaving a financial and or a spiritual legacy. And this one is, if any man what? Provide. He, he's worse than an infidel. What's this one say from Proverbs? That a, a good man leaveth. And point number three, be a cheerful giver. Very simple, but that's simply those three things I wanted to point out. Another recap, we disseminate or we, we pass it on by following the Father's lead. This was really about getting people close by and into the Word of God and into the Gospel so that they can be begotten again. This one is about providing, and we, I suggest that that comes through the water of life or the Word of God. I think I may have forgot to switch an image there. This one here is as we age, naturally, we're trying to direct people into the character and the image of Jesus Christ. And of course, discipling is walking really in lockstep, as Vince was saying with the Spirit, but walking and following the Lord Jesus Christ. We must identify and stay focused on the inheritance. And those are some photographs and some artist renditions of perhaps where that inheritance is going, what it may look like. I'm sure that it's in, insignificant. But because of this, the alternative is not an option. I don't want my grandchildren here, and neither do you. So legacy, something valuable to pass on. We've, we've received so much this week, we're not done receiving it, and we really aren't done receiving it even tomorrow and the next. But as we receive, let us have a legacy that we want to pass on. Just a couple of questions for you to contemplate as we close out. This has to do with providing for your own or your own house. Who do you think of? Or who comes to mind when you think of those close to you or in your sphere of influence? And of course, if you have families and you're older, obviously, perhaps we think of our children. 
but most of us aren't in that category. But there are many people that are looking at you, whether you know it or not, that you have influence over. Do you think of your inheritance much? I'm not talking about your parents' will. I'm talking about that eternal inheritance that is reserved in heaven for you. And I would recommend that you maybe not become too enamored with it, but I think it's good to be focused on study a little bit of what that might be like. There's a lot in the scriptures about our inheritance, but, but do you think about it very much? Is your focus, is your perspective here like the golfers in that picture, or is it eternal? How about this one? Are you, am I a cheerful giver? And, and maybe I should have explained a little bit more of that, but to me, I think that's one of the most contagious things that we can do to, uh, to just be winsome and pass on the faith. You know, last night we bought a uh, Seattle dog, Leanne, I think that's what it was called, over there at the square. And I saw the little place on the visa slip to put a tip, but it was already $7, so I didn't. But as I stood over there a while... And I saw those, those uh, oriental men back there in the hot dog shop looking at us. And I didn't do it because I wanted to create an image for us, but I thought, you know, I really need to give him a tip. And so uh, I asked Leanne for it. We didn't have any cash with us, but Vince gave me $2, which I'll, I will pay you back, and you know that, Vince. But anyway, I took $2 over and stuck it in his cup. And I don't know, maybe I, I, I'm not trying, as I thought about it later, I didn't think about it at the time, but I hope that's a testimony to those young men in the hot dog shop that these people are Christians and they're cheerful givers. And that'll go a long ways. I, I maybe should have spent more time on that part. But last question, this, is just simply asking you to consider what we've been saying. It's our choice. What legacy will we leave? Will I leave? And I'm finished. Is this my last opportunity to speak? Maybe I should say... Uh, just how much I appreciate each of you and the opportunity it's been to come and um, go through these talks. I know that you probably uh, think these are for you, and they are, but I've got a lot out of them, and I, I hope to, to revisit these truths uh, through the coming years, really. And I hope we could uh, just say to you again that we really have enjoyed being here. We haven't got to know all of you, but as I said before, we certainly love you. And we've grown to know you more, and so our, our love is growing. So thank you for the staff to invite us and let us come. And I want to finish by saying that we live in Ohio. I thought about putting a slide up here of where we live, but most of you know where we live. But if not, come to Ohio and come to the Bear Creek District of Church and come to Hempel Road. That's where we live and stay with us. And I want you to feel comfortable if you get in Ohio and you need some place to stay, give us a call. So. Lord bless you and thank you again. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, forgive our forgetfulness of the things that are important. And prayer is one. But Lord, we just pray that you would take the teaching uh, of this week, and we know it's not yet finished, and impress it into our hearts, each one. Make it something that comes to memory in the weeks to come. 
call it to our remembrance and that it would actually shape us and mold us more and more into your image and that it would be eternal in value, that this whole week has been something more than just a classroom setting where we uh, exercised our minds, but rather it, it seeps into our lives, it changes us forever, and that it would not only change us, as we've heard this, in this session, that it would spill out and it would, it would touch people around us, those of us that are in our realm and sphere of influence, and yet those that will come after us. That we can continually be leaving a godly legacy, the legacy of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.